Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In our Lenten series this year, we are focusing on witnesses to Christ, the people of his passion. And for this first week, we focus on Mary, the sister of Lazarus and Martha. As a as kind of a funny thing to, to note, there's a lot of Marys in the Bible, at least in the New Testament, right? Um, in fact, it's, it's kind of a fun fact. One of the arguments for the New Testament being valid, being true, is that if it was fake, why do they have so many Marys? Think about it. I mean, there's Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary uh, Magdalene, Mary, the sister of Lazarus and Martha, Mary, 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 and Mary, you know, and they're all involved. That's a very common name. If it was all made up, you would have said like Mary and Esther and somebody else, right? But that's kind of an interesting thing. There's a lot of Marys, and it's worth contrasting all of them. But for now, Mary, the sister of Lazarus and Martha, we're focusing on what she has done. We know her from a different story, right? The one where... Um, Mary and Martha have Jesus over to their house for a meal. Martha does all the work, and Mary sits at Jesus' feet. You would think that maybe that might be the story that we talk about. But it's interesting that this is the one we talk about tonight. The one where Mary comes and takes a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anoints the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, it's interesting we hear this because of what she does for Jesus. And it's contrasted by what Judas doesn't want her to do, right? The contrast comes between Judas and Mary. That between these two, you really do see that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That when Judas sees what Mary does for Jesus, which is a beautiful thing. He's indignant, right? He says, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? By the way, do y'all know how much that is? Well, in our equivalent today, it would be like a year's worth of wages. That's a lot of money, right? So he's not wrong in that it could have been used for something else. But we hear the intentions of his heart that he didn't really care about the poor. He was just saying these things. In some sense, you might even say that he was a little jealous, that he was not commended for his, uh, for his, uh, generous, his generous, generous suggestion, right? That Judas's treasure was only and ever on this earth. He was only ever concerned with those things of man. And he responded, he responded in kind. While Mary shows that her treasure is not of this world. Well, it's of this world and that world to come, right? Her treasure is Jesus himself. That the body of Christ is what she treasures, and whether she fully realizes what she's doing in that moment or not, she does a beautiful thing. 
And in what she does for Jesus, it actually is foreshadowed, it, it foreshadows what Christ would do for us. That she cares for the body of Christ by giving at such a risk, rich cost to herself. A year's wages is not something to sniff at. When money's tight, you don't necessarily want to just throw it away, right? You don't want to just use it foolishly, and she did not use it foolishly. She gave at a rich cost to herself. And this foreshadows what Christ would do six days from that point in time, that it says six days before the Passover. That is very... Uh, that is very noteworthy in John's gospel, that when you see the Passover in his gospel, especially this Passover, this particular Passover that they're about to join in on, well, you know, or at least you would expect that this is really talking about not just the annual feast that they would have in Jerusalem, but this is the Passover of Passovers where the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the entire world would be sacrificed on the cross. That this Passover, what Christ would do as that Lamb of God, that that was the one where he would fulfill all things that had been spoken concerning him. From this... We should learn something, right? What should we learn? <laughs> well, it sounds pretty self-explanatory, right? Don't be like Judas. I mean, if there was ever anything more obvious than that, I don't know what it is, but don't be like Judas. When you see someone giving richly and giving extravagantly for the sake of the kingdom of God, for the sake of the body of Christ, don't be like Judas. Don't be jealous. Don't be resentful. Give thanks and praise that that person was moved by faith to do such a great thing for the body of Christ, right? And on the flip side, be like Mary. Give lavishly according to as God has given you because God has given you rich blessings of salvation and life everlasting, right? That... Because Christ loves us, we love others through our gifts and our talents and our treasures, right? That because Christ is our Passover lamb, we give thanks and praise by doing as Mary did and pouring out our love at great cost to us. Not just anywhere, not just, not just here and there, and not indiscriminately, right? But specifically, I'd say if you want to start somewhere, start with the body of Christ. That is with his church, with other believers, with other brothers and sisters in Christ. That Paul uses that image of the body of Christ as the church to show that even though you would think that someone is not very significant, they don't contribute much. They're really just kind of good for nothing according to the world's standards. That would be like children, right? Or even folks who are in homes who can't get out, right? 
that to the world they would seem kind of useless. But to us, they are precious members of the body of Christ. That when Mary went and poured that perfume on the feet of Jesus, he was the Son of God, right? He is the Son of God. But when the Son of God, the Word made flesh, walks around in the the dirty Jerusalem streets, even his feet become unsightly. Right? His feet become gross. There's something you do not really want to touch. But Mary goes and she blesses his feet. She gives thanks to those feet, right? Those things that other people would say that's disgusting. They're not really worth paying attention to. That for us, if we are to be like Mary, that we should go to those who don't seem very worthwhile, who don't seem very approachable. Give thanks to God for them. Bless them with your presence. Bless them with your prayers. Bless them with your time. Because whoever humbles himself shall be exalted, as Christ says. That If you desire to be the first, you must be the last. So therefore, we serve each other. We bless the body of Christ. We give thanks to those members, all of the members that Christ has placed as part of his body. Because he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, His righteousness endures forever, as our epistle says, so that one gives freely yet yet grows all the richer, while another withholds what he should give and suffers only want. That within this, God desires us to give. He desires for us to give all of ourselves as much as he has called us to do so, joyfully, right? Not begrudgingly, but joyfully. And with a pure heart that he has cleansed, that he has washed clean. We do these things because Christ first loved us and poured out his entire self for our sakes. So whenever we see someone like Mary, we don't only give thanks for what she has done. But we give thanks for what she has done because it points us to Christ. And therefore, we should be like her. That what we do should not point to how great we think that we are, but really how great our Savior is and continues to be by working through us and continuously, richly, lavishly blessing us by pouring out himself for our sakes. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.